You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. And Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. Chris, it's great to see you. It's been a long time since we've been on these mics. It's been a couple of weeks. I, I, is this is this recording schedule going to work for you? It's not too late. You got to have dinner with your family. We'll wrap up at a reasonable amount of time during the evening. Yeah, this Plus, is great. it gives us time to work on the other project. Way better than when I was working in miniature market. So, we'll talk about that off air a little bit. Uh, I do like it better. I do like it better. You do. Getting to go to sleep at a normal time. It's fucking cool. <laughs> Because generally we'll uh, we'll do the show, and if I don't edit the episode that night, because I've been trying to do it that evening, right? Uh, if I don't do it that night, I do it like the next day, mm-hmm. and that is uh, this this is just better for that. No, that'll it, give you the opportunity to edit the episode. We'll, so we'll get we'll get we'll get Dick's work done. We'll get Space Doc work done. Yep. We'll get podcasting done. Mm-hmm. You'll get editing done, and go to bed at a reasonable time. Yeah, before but, one in the morning. What's that? Uh, I did not put wax on your wall, Tara. I'm Probably sorry. Probably our sons. See, so Tara got into, uh, Tara used mom voice to ask the boys who put wax on her wall. And and I stopped because I thought I was in trouble because mm-hmm. I didn't put the wax on the wall. That is all I know. It was Tara, apparently. Good job, Tara. So, okay, tonight... Um, Mike proposed because you just got back from Reno. I did. I was in, I was in Reno for the Gamma Expo, which actually I'm going to be, um, on, there's a, there's a website, uh, entertain the geeky. Yeah. Uh, I think that they've got a new show, nerdy news. Nerd some, news. Nerd yeah. news. What's that? What's that called? What's that website? Chris, it's funny. We're going to check it out. You go to entertain the and listen to nerd news there. Um, Entertain the You're Geeky so incestuous. Is, Entertain the Geeky is uh, the podcast that I started with, and uh, we kind of grew that. And it, originally, Entertain the Geeky was your source for nerd news. And then it was like, well, we were trying to break it up in such a way that we were doing news on an episode plus just going on tirades. And uh, it was far too sloppy, and we generally couldn't get through the news. So um, Jason O'Toole one of the greatest humans on earth uh, took over as the host of nerd news. So Jason asked me, he invited me to be on the show to yeah. talk about gamma. He recently had uh, the fantasy shops, Scott Sampson, yep. one of their store managers who'd gone to a show called comics pro uh, and basically is the gamma equivalent uh, for comic books. It's basically a coalition of publishers, retailers, distributors, basically um, every aspect of the industry that is not consumer facing mm-hmm. is what those shows are about. So I just want to one for the game gaming industry yeah so he invited me to be on so we're going to work out a time so i'm not going to talk about gamma on the show other than to tease entertain the geeky nerd news with jason o'toole so yeah uh if you want to listen to that episode that's going to be on entertainthegeeky.com uh they've not yet set a time to no we've not it. recorded it so um so hopefully just, soon maybe just keep weekend. your ears open and once that goes live uh, we'll share it on the Who Wears the Pants page. So if you want to check that out, you can check out the Entertain the Geeky podcast and Nerd News over there as well. And actually, what I'll do is uh, I'll put a link on the Entertain the Geeky website 
to uh, this show. So you can actually go through our episode log here and listen to it on entertainthegeeky.com as well. So if you want to do the one-stop shop thing, you can do that. Fantastic. So um, my Reno trip was – so I've, I've recently quit the miniature market. I started my own internet business doing media specifically. Uh, the tagline is digital media for analog gaming. And the website is goinfo.org. So I went to the Gamma Expo uh, last week to basically meet contacts, reestablish connections I had with other people in the industry. And um, I was very, very fortunate. It was a great show. Uh, A lot of interesting things came out of it. Um, Ran into a number of people who, even though years, I, I have that's the first time I've been in five years, uh, people that still remembered me, who I reconnected with, which was absolutely great. It was a cathartic, cathartic experience. And it did, it, it, it really was about me learning things about myself and sort of my newfound clarity and willingness to participate in life. And I have to tell you, I, not only did I learn a lot about myself, but I, I need gonzo journalism, right? Like I, I need to be face-to-face. I need to be in the world to form an opinion about that world. And, you know, before anybody gets butthurt about this, um, I'm going to tell uh, essentially information that my wife is already aware of. But while I was in Las Vegas, I had gone with my friend uh, Dan from Fear the Boot. Dan had a number of his own industry connections that he wanted to meet with. And we really did spend a lot of time doing our own thing. Now, Dan is terribly introverted, and so spending a lot of time in crowds and things is not his favorite. So a lot of times he just needed to recharge and, you know, be in his hotel room and just kind of veg out. Me, I'm extroverted. I need to walk need the earth. That social I need to be. So long story short, um, and, and I told this on a negative episode of Fear the Boot recently, but essentially... My company is called the Influence Foundation, and I established a number of different sources in the foundation or for the foundation while I was in Reno. And sources inside the foundation actually, uh, they did essentially provided a lot of exposure to me about sex work and about sex workers and the different tiers of sex works that, that, that is provided to you. Now, I won't get into it too much, but I did see the perfect vagina. Wow. Yeah, it the 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 clit it 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 glowed like a halo. It did it called to me like I like I wanted to go home, like I just wanted to crawl inside of it and and be lost in joy and ecstasy forever. But I learned a lot of interesting things about escorts, about prostitution in general, and I truthfully I don't know where to begin. Um well, okay. Reno entertainment, whether whether that entertainment is gambling or whether that entertainment is strip clubs or whether that entertainment is prostitution, everything has its code. Have you, you've heard of racial code switching. Yeah. So, well, for, for those of you that haven't, and obviously I'm going to do a very ham-fisted, you know, uh, clumsy description of what it is, but it's essentially changing your mannerisms, the tone of your voice, your speech patterns to fit into different groups. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are a, a, if if you're black and you're hanging out with your black friends, you may speak very very differently than you do if you're the only black person in your group of white friends, right? 
Well, that's just because black culture has a code. It has a, a language in which you speak. It has a way of communicating that is different than white culture. And what was interesting is that sex worker culture has a very, very similar sort of language and has these boundaries and things that you don't do, words you don't use, lines you don't cross. It was really, really fascinating. For example, if you are looking for an escort, do not use the term GFE or girlfriend experience because it doesn't mean what you think it means. What you think um, very, very likely is that GFE or girlfriend experience means that we're going to hang out and we're going to hold hands and we're going to watch a movie and things are going to be cool and we're going to maybe go to dinner and then we're going to go back to my room and we're going to have sex or whatever. It's not what it means. Girlfriend experience means raw, barrier-free penetration. It means the unsafest of unsafe sexual practices. That means raw dogging it, right? Whether it's the mouth, it was so mouth-to-mouth contact, dick-to-mouth contact, mouth-to-vag contact, dick-to-anus, mouth-to-anus. Basically, if there is no barrier between your bodies, that's girlfriend experience. Okay. Because that's the only shit that your girlfriend's going to do. Everything else, they'll do Greek, which is anal, and they'll do a variety of other things, but all that gets negotiated, right? Everything that they do um, gets negotiated. And while I was there and I was, you know, speaking to sources inside the foundation, one of the things that struck me as amazing is that they do sales technique very, very similar to used car sales in that there's a whole... There's a whole game that gets played. Um, for example, they'll isolate you in a room where it's just the two of you, where if you go to a brothel, for example, um, they're, the brothel's in multiple stages. So what you'll do is you go into the brothel and you talk to somebody, whatever. You decide with whom you would like to spend your time. They go from the bar strip club sort of vibe area into this big sort of gentleman's hunter's lodge area where there is a desk clerk like you have at your doctor's office mm -hmm. and they lean through the little window like the sliding window like you have at your doctor's office and they negotiate or they they talk about you know essentially what you're on the hook for then they get the okay to go into what uh, i called the conversion cloister where they take good guys and turn them bad so any which way, that's where they negotiate price. Apparently in a brothel, if you were to go to one, you, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted by Tara. Um, you're not allowed to negotiate anything. You're not allowed to just talk about sex, price, whatever, because that's solicitation. Even because the, the rules and regulations are so weird, you have to go into a specific spot inside the building when that's the only spot where it's okay to negotiate and exchange and say, we're exchanging sexual services for money. Really? Right. Fascinating stuff, right? There's so much depth to the world. It was truly, truly remarkable. But sources inside the foundation um, who did interview a, a, a sex worker in particular, um, you know, they were able to disclose a lot of information about escorts that you would call, you know, the difference between in-call and out-call, out-call as they come to you, in-call as you go to them, and how they negotiate pricing and how that's actually a very, very unsafe way. And that, you know, as far as the profession is concerned, the 
chicken head streetwalker is your most dangerous way, but you're also going to get, you know, your most raw dog, you know, cram them in the shitter for $20 sort of stuff so they can buy, you know, so they can buy drugs. The escort is going to be a little bit more of a murky area where you have someone who may range anywhere from the chicken head raw dog in the shitter for $20 up to the actually I'm $4,000 a night. Use car salesmen, peel you off the ceiling negotiation tactic style stuff, right? You know what's funny is you've said the term this evening. So we were speaking to somebody earlier about money and you used the term peel you off the ceiling. And then you just used, you've used that term several times just going into your description here. And uh, that is one that we use in the car business. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a perfect example because it's precisely, precisely. Like, I'm going to hit you at the moon. Yep. Okay, we're shooting for the moon here. And you might say yes because you might. You might freak out a little bit and be like, oh, my God, there's no way. But your expectation for price has just gone up exponentially. So this is also an episode on how to negotiate. Yeah. Now, forces, forces. Sources inside the uh, inside the foundation were, inside this call inside oh. the foundation were able to provide me with an example dialogue of how a negotiation negotiation may have gone. So if I provide this, if I reenact this story um, like I was there firsthand. You'll have to become a Patreon for the boot because this story will be behind a paywall. I'm sorry. I'm a whore. Yeah, no. But so a negotiation basically is going to go something like this, where they're going to name a price and you're going to hit the ceiling, right? But then they they know the second rule of negotiation. The second rule of negotiation is if you are forced to, to name a price, you must name a price to which you know they will say no. But they also know you will take seriously. Now, that lesson is important when you are doing the counteroffer. Rule number one is don't give a number. Make them give a number. Now, my source inside the foundation told me that um, when they spoke to this young lady, um, neither of them would give a number. And the young lady stood up and went for the door because no one was going to start. Yeah. So, uh, my source basically talked her off the ledge and sat back down. Now, later in that negotiation, my source actually got up and went for the door as well. Now, it's interesting because it was a, a constant, constant back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But literally, you're going to do a la carte and you're going to say, I want X, Y, and Z. This is what I have. Now, they're going to ask you, well, how much money do you have? Don't, don't answer that question. You're an idiot. How much are you willing to spend that you think she will take seriously, but still say no to? That's your start. Hmm. Right. So don't don't name a price. Make them name a price. Make them peel you off the ceiling. And then you try to find where the basement door is. Interesting. And just walk up to the basement door. Don't walk out the basement door, but you try to get them as close and low as possible. It's, it was amazing. Well, you know, it's funny because you you had mentioned standing up and walking toward the door. Now, the strongest negotiating tactic is being able to walk away and mean it. The ability to say no. Um, so to provide you with an example from my line of work, uh, I had a customer last month and they said, I'm willing to give you X amount of dollars for this car. And I said no. And I let them leave. Um, a week and a half later, they returned and they were like, well, we were upset. Okay. Why? Why were you upset? 
You have all the power. Uh, you didn't. You didn't do what we wanted. Hmm. Well, no, no, because and you list your reasons for why your price is fair. Uh, so I listed my reasons, and I was like, and you were trying to get me to do this, this, and this for your trade in. I'm like, so I'm giving you this kind of money, and you're giving me that kind of money. We're not even in the same ballpark right now. Like this isn't the same playing field. So you need to either come to where I'm going or I'm going to go to where you're going. And either way, you're not going to be totally happy with the price. Neither am I. Right. Okay. And that's, that's a negotiation. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so is that we, we give and take to find common ground. Yeah. Interesting. So, so the question is though, is that in the car industry, yeah, just like in the sex working industry, there are a variety of tactics that, the selling side that the service side uses, um, the greatest weapon that they have is your ignorance, is that you do not know how the process works. You don't understand how the process works. You are isolated in this place. You are uncomfortable. And you wanting this experience to be over is a value, valuable tool in my tool chest. So the big difference between it, yes, there there is that whole ignorance thing that is nice. Uh, the difference between the car industry and the sex work industry. I think a lot of people go to Vegas and look for their first experience like that. Most people that come into a car dealership are not first-time buyers. Mm. And everything is well-known, like how the process but, plays but, out. But what am I? Second-time buyer? Fifth-time buyer? How many times have I done this? How many times have you done this? Oh, no, the, no, no. The, I have an obvious upper hand yeah, there. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the difference in our experience levels is vast. Oh, yeah. I've sold yeah. thousands of cars. Mm -hmm. um, you've bought... Three? Five? A few? Ten? A handful? Ten? I'll, I'll give you a handful. I'm a beast if I've, I've bought ten. If you bought ten cars, that's a lot of cars for the average person. So, yeah, if you've bought 10 cars, wow, you've done this a few times, but I've done it many, many more. You've done it tens of times more than me. Uh, hundreds. Hundreds at that point. So, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying there. Um, that's interesting, though. Just that, like fucking. She's done it hundreds of times more than you have. Yeah, hundreds. Hundreds of times. And she knows that you know that. And that's why you're going to pay her $1,500. Or, like my source inside the foundation did, told her to fuck off because she's not $1,500 a night hot. But that's neither here nor there. That's his story to tell. What a nice fellow that guy is. Oh, he's a scumbag. He did tell he did tell his significant other all about his experience speaking with, uh, speaking with professional sex workers. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, okay. So... There's different levels of this. And in fact, this my source inside the foundation, it was the biggest fight that he and his spouse had ever gotten into. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're talking about tears on this one. Yeah. You've skipped, and, a, you've skipped a few. Okay. Okay. So we have Gross. internet models. Oh, so you, you have cam, you have the cam girls. Not just cam girls. Not just cam girls. So, because cam girls are a different thing because there, there's lower tiers than that. So you have the Instagram models. Okay. They're attractive. Um, most of the time, right. 
they want your attention because that makes them an influencer, which then gets them paid. Right. So you have these people that just stay at this level. So do they sell advertising? Is that is that a their, lot of the time? Uh, yes. Is that their business model? Yes. So like or I'm, 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 I'm Claire, and I'm cute, and I'm funny, and I'm bubbly, and I'm actually far more intelligent than I'm going to let on, and I'm super clever and witty, and I'm going to do this thing. They'll take, uh, they'll take on sponsors like mm-hmm. we do or we would. Um, they will. They'll get paid for photo shoots, that sort of thing. Right. It is a means to generate more income if you have that influencing power. Mm-hmm. So you have influencers. Then you also have people that will sell you nudes or give you their private Snapchat. I don't think that's quite a cam girl mm-hmm. yet. And then you have the cam girls who... Uh, for $300 on your credit card, I'll shove this dildo in my asshole. Or maybe it's one, hey, I'm putting on this show. If you tip me, I might do this, right? Blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, you have the ones that, oh, okay, well, let's do a private video chat and you pay X amount of dollars because that's a whole nother level of yeah. sex work. Let me, let me, let me tell you. Okay. I, I'm never going to a strip club again. That's not true. I'm going to do it for research. But for research. The, the point is, is that you're an idiot to spend money at the strip club because you're not going to get laid. The only thing you're paying for is the guarantee that these chicks aren't going to fuck you. And they will for in money. a lot of situations for money. Yep. But I'm not going to go to the strip club for, you know, and, and spend $500, $600 on some girl to rub herself on me when I could go to a legal brothel and pay a woman that same amount of money or less to fuck me, who's way hotter. Interesting. And way more experienced. Interesting. And way more discreet. So you know what's funny? And not gross. In the, because, uh, you know, I'm in the car business. I've had guys say, you know, oh, we went to the strip club last weekend. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, we had a lot of fun, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, if you pay them 80 bucks, they'll bang you or 60 bucks or whatever. Yeah, I am. Listen, I. When 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 my friend Dan and I left the airport, we got into our Uber and we were driving, you know, he was taking us straight to the dispensary because I needed to buy some legal Nevada dispensary weed to take to my hotel because um, I needed weed any which way. We're driving down the road and and. Reno is like Vegas. It's like little Vegas. It's like Vegas with no money. But it's also like if if Vegas is the, you know, sort of shiny, waxed, clean bit of skin between your scrotum and your perineum, your your taint, your grundle. Um, but it's it's seen better days. Reno is the genital wart that plagues you in that crease that it makes it uncomfortable to sit down. It is it is an infected postulant boil on the scrotum perineum of Vegas. It's disgusting. We rode down and I was like, I, I looked at the streets and I was like, there is no way I'm putting my dick inside anyone that comes from this place. There is no way. There is absolutely no way. But what I learned is that Reno, like Vegas, is very, very transient. And that the sex worker population in particular is very, very transient. And that they will do stints, basically, where they will come in for, you know, a couple weeks at a time. And they will live 
on the compound in a dormitory style setting Mm -hmm. where they have a gym, they have a kitchen, they have a doctor on site. Um, They get weekly testing and then monthly blood tests. I mean, it was amazing. It was so... So you know what's funny here? According to my source, clean and sterile. You've you've said according to my source, but you've said you've gone out with two people, and the other one's an introvert and spent a lot of time. Yeah, by himself. he did. He did. He he did not engage in this investigation. So we know who it was. Well, no, I met other people. Yeah, yeah, I have sure. other sources inside I'm, the foundation. I'm Chris. sure. I'm there sure. are many many sources inside the foundation, and now. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> You've sim- already played your hand. Mike. Yeah, similar to, similar to. So you know, you 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 have to, you know, you you have to investigate to understand how things work, and you know that's sort of the that that's the uh, the doctrine of the foundation is that our our sources and our reporters will go to these places and speak to these people to understand how their lives work. That is essential to the integrity of the Influence Foundation. God, you were full of shit. And the data. The, the the editorial and news reporting that's brought to you by GoInfo.org. <laughs> Our subscribers just they they require a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of truth and direct exposure, Chris. I understand. So, no, so no, no, I, I have a source who is able to break this information down for us. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you had a source. Uh, now, according to my source. The most attractive woman that he's ever seen, you know, like as close as I am to you right now in in person naked. That's what my source has said that he saw. I see. Yeah, that's what my source said that he saw. Now, my source did not touch this woman, nor did this woman touch my source, but he, you know, saw a super wicked hot chick. But you whipped your source out? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. No one's sources were exposed. No one's sources will be exposed by the Influence Foundation, Chris. Oh, my God. Okay, so... um Oof, I got a weird, like, super concentrate juice on that. So before, uh, before we go into this anymore... Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Preben Lien, our listener from Norway. From Norway? From Norway. Norway. Now, he was kind enough to write into our Facebook page and, uh, in essence, chew us out for... Um, this is what I don't understand. And, and uh, It wasn't a true chew out. How, how, how did... Say the name again, Chris. Preben Lien. Preben. How exactly did Preben find us? Because Through fear of the boot. Oh, Preben, God bless you for being a booter, you beautiful son of a gun. Yeah. So he goes on. Basically, hey, um, you keep asking for hate mail. I know this is not hate mail, uh, but what the hell? Uh, I started listening to your show after the mention on fear of the boot. Um and I'm working my way back to uh, back through the episodes. I'm listening to episode 34, and this is where you screwed up. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind we of you to up say. At least once every episode. Yeah, I think that I think that I think that you know what you're going to notice is that we've screwed up every episode, and all your way back, and they're just royally, gonna, yeah, royally, well, it's terrible every time. Yeah, worst uh, fucking show ever. Goes, this is where you screwed up. Yeah, you called out and thanked the Swedish listener. <laughs> the Swedish listener singular. <laughs> Being a Norwegian myself, I find this unacceptable. <laughs> Seeing as there is a feud between our two countries in all aspects of life, 
Uh, we've even an entire category of jokes for them. Wow. The Sweden visor. Sweet jokes. Uh, like, what do you call brain surgery in Sweden? Woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a cold, emotionless on, European joke. That's work, yeah. That's on, the, on Pinocchio. Um, so, Don't make fun of that guy's gonna fucking kick your ass. That's all I know. Yeah, he's not even here, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, so as a Norwegian, I'm obligated to tell you that you need to get your shit together and stop giving credit to Swedes. <laughs> all right. Other than that, it's a great show. Uh, yeah, it's a great show you guys make. Thank you he signs off so um i message back because i appreciate you guys writing in and Heck uh, yeah. it's fun doing this little thing that we're doing right now uh so i'm like hey chris here uh being a proud man of norwegian descent i respect and understand where you're coming from i will however point out uh that you let a swede beat you to the pants party i thought that was clever um what just oh, okay yeah and as a where am I at here? Uh, beat you to the pants party. As a means of atoning for these sins, you must share the show with at least seven of your countrymen. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for listening. He goes, the gospel has been preached. That's what he says to me. Can you see where people are downloading from? Yes, that's how I knew this listener was from Sweden. Come on, bro. Uh, but yeah, um, can you see where they're listening from? Am I? Uh, are there many Norwegian listeners? Yes, you got us quite a few. Thank you. Um, am I under the understanding that you Americans identify yourself by the proud, uh, uh, and are proud of the origin country of your bloodline? Is this true? Yes, absolutely. is true. Uh, do you know anything about Norway and where your ancestors come from? So, uh, I went on because here in America, we do that. We do. We're, we're super stupid with it too. We're like, yeah, I'm Irish or I'm this, I'm Cherokee Indian. You know what I am, Chris? Chris, I'm an American. So, I said we are proud of where we come from, but uh, also where we are now, because I think that's important. Like, as an American, I'm very proud to be an American. It's a good thing. Uh, well, I'm proud to be an American, it's, where at least I know I'm free. Yeah, and I won't forget. Proud to be an American. So, uh, I was like, I don't I don't know a whole lot about, you know, Norway. I've never been, uh, but I know the people are strong and devoted. Thank you for sharing the show. And yes, we can see the downloads and the places where they took place. You, sir, are the bomb. So, uh, Pleban Leon, if I'm mispronouncing your name, forgive me. <laughs> well, there's no if about it. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sure I am. Uh, but thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for writing in. Uh, you are a bad motherfucker. A bad, bad motherfucker. That's nice. I like what you're doing. There. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, no. So I just thought that that kind of gave a little bit of detail. It did. Yeah, that if that helps. Super, super cute. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Um. So back to this. Uh. And in, back into the world of sex work here. Mm-hmm. Um. Now that we've tipped our hat to our listener, I probably should have done that at the end of the show. You know. You know what? It made him. It made him listening because now he's like, oh, are they gonna? Are they gonna do my hair? Mm, then he's like, <laughs> I see. It. I see. You have. You have. And sorcer me with your deceit. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for writing in. Um, back to the back to the sex work. So, um, is it based on um, what your sources tell you? Is it one of those things where uh, 
is it awkward? Is like the entire experience awkward? So that sure. Did, did they get into that? So no, 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 no. Because my my source was. Uh, you, you have to understand that these that these according to my source these places are magical, right? Like that they that that everything everything in this. Think of Reno and Las Vegas as adult versions of Disneyland. Everything is facade. Everything is a game. Everything is designed to separate you from your money. It's just how much money are you willing to part with and how far can we push you? So everything is about conveying a certain message, communicating certain things, and you being uncomfortable is in you feeling awkward is one of the one of the uh, another tool that they right? use yeah, yeah that they that they use your lack of experience your lack of comfort you coming them the fact that you walked in that door is uncomfortable and you're already you're, on on your heels yeah basically. you are exactly you're already rocked so what you do is that you just express zero interest in them interesting yeah so you go in you walk right up to the bar at least according to my source and you order a glass of water because you don't drink. That's what my source did. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Oh. And then and then you tell them that you're not interested in anything. You're just curious that you're literally satisfying curiosity because you're married and you love your wife and you have no interest in having sex with any of these women. That's what my source did. <laughs> God, guys, you're going to have to listen to this episode of Fear the Boot. Uh, it, it's terrible because it's behind a paywall. And I know that I'm a huge, huge piece of shit for. Uh, how, how, see, I disagree. I disagree. So here um, we put mountains of content out totally for free. Right. Uh, we ask very little of our listeners. Right. We want your engagement. But yes. Fear, the Boot, Fear the Boot does. And this is and this is where I, I think that I'm probably crossing a line is that, you know, I, I told this story, but. People have to pay to get access to that story, which makes me kind of a dick. So I'm trying to present some, you know, highlights, at least what my source exposed to for this audience. So they don't feel obligated to yeah, do that thing. Yeah. I mean, they they get the story. They understand the important parts is that my source went to a brothel. Um, my source, you know, interviewed a sex worker about the industry and about the distinctions between escorts and professional actual homed uh you know living on site sex workers and how that industry works and it was all very very fascinating interesting it was so okay it's it's meant to be awkward uh did did your source engage in sexual acts with somebody my source did not did not okay yeah. Um, my source, my source did get the skinny and my source did spend money to get the skinny, give the skinny, but he did not engage in sexual activity with anyone there. Okay. Um, cause that's, that was the part that I was more right. so, uh, interested in getting more information on yeah. was, is that actual act then awkward? Because you've done oh, sure. all this other stuff that is extremely uncomfortable. Nego right. Negotiation is not fun. No. Uh, ever. Ever. It's always uncomfortable. Somebody's always disappointed in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, in in a car sale, okay, um, or in any sale for that matter, uh, it's an emotional roller coaster. Now, for a salesperson, they need to be, or a worker or sex worker or whatever, um, they need to be constant. Their level of excitement should basically be relatively high through the entire experience, and then. 
once the uh, basically everything comes to its climax, they need to come to another emotional high and then bring you uh, basically gradually back down to their initial level of excitement. If that makes sense. It does. So uh, they call it delivery. Okay. Hmm. So you do this. Oh, yeah. So you come to you come to terms on numbers. You congratulate whoever's buying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Congrats. This is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Really excited for you. And then um, they have to go sign the rest of their paperwork. Uh, they go through that process, which kind of sucks. It's terrible. And then you have to, again engage them emotionally get them excited about their vehicle again that they just signed all the yucky paperwork for and slowly taper them back down to hey um this is what's going to happen over the next week or so here with the sale and these are the things that i need from you this is what you need from me uh but we're both still excited Mm -hmm. and it's that that gets hard for some sales guys to navigate like if you're too excited you'll scare somebody off Mm -hmm. if you're too enthusiastic uh you come across as desperate Right. Okay. If you are under enthusiastic, well, then you don't care and they don't want to buy from you. Right. So it's finding that that happy middle ground, and it it's on the higher end of happy. Right. Without without being weird. Yeah. See, it's funny in in the in the sex worker scenario, they are the car. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of you, well, actually, in, in some situations, I'm sure that you walk in and you just see because, you know, in the, the tradition is, at least according to my sources, is that you walk in and you can introduce your somebody, offer to buy somebody a drink. You can request a lineup. But during these lineups, you are not allowed to speak as the consumer. Only do the uh, basically imagine somebody sits down in a very comfortable chair mm-hmm. and you show them cars and they decide that that's the car they want to test drive and then they pick their car and then they take their car for a test drive and they decide ah, you know what i'll rent this car or they won't maybe they'll go back and think ah, you know what i'm gonna mingle a little bit and look at some cars on my own thank you or maybe i saw another car in your car lineup that i really wanted to fucking test drive and i'm gonna go for that one too or sometimes you just sit there and the car comes up to you and you explain to the car that you're not interested um and you respect the car's time and the car walks away but sometimes here's what happens though is that they're always throwing a car at you there's always a car, especially when those places are dead. If it's COVID-19 and there aren't a lot of people in there looking to buy a brand new car or looking to rent a car even, maybe do a little leasing, a little car lease, um, they're hungry, right? They want to sell that car. So they just keep getting at you. And this place, man, this building, this thing, it can feel your energy like it's alive and it just keeps sending cars at you. And eventually you're like, Maybe I would give this car a drive. Maybe I would take that car for a test drive. So then you and the car, you start talking. You go for you go for a test drive. All of a sudden, there's the car with the leasing paperwork. And you're like, no, nah, I'm not signing this lease. I appreciate it. This has been really cool. I appreciate your time. It's been great. Here's money for your time. But I'm not leasing your fucking car. Whoa. Yeah. That's brutal. If somebody just gave me money after I showed them a car yeah. and they didn't buy it, I'd be stoked. Yep. I'd be fucking rich. Yep. Like stupid amounts of money right 
But there is a but the thing is is that in your scenario the car is the service the yeah. car is the thing it's yeah. the good that I want in the sex worker their time is the service and you pay them for your time mm-hmm. or for their time yeah, yeah that's the thing now the issue is is that because they're independent contractors and because they don't have a union and because there's no sort of central source for them to speak for one another except for sort of the pimping infrastructure they don't understand the value of the service that they are providing and many of them them don't negotiate as well as they could i suspect others however just like the car industry are fucking killers they're fucking killers and i bet you they make so much goddamn bank well strippers make a bunch of money they do like think about that and strippers don't fuck you but strippers have a whole nother level of headaches that they have to deal with you know because um, i mean in in the strippers, you know, you're like you're just constantly hit, hitting, 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 trying to get money. But then you're also managing guys that get too handsy, guys that get too drunk, guys that you know all the other bullshit that come in, or big groups of guys, and just unruly people. Plus, you've got to constantly be selling and selling and selling and selling and selling. Wouldn't it just be easier instead of working an eight or nine or ten hour shift for twelve hundred bucks? You fuck one guy for five hundred. Maybe, maybe, oh, yeah. maybe some of them do for that. sure. Uh, I think, I think part of it too is there's a. You mentioned like you go in and this place feels your energy and yep. then it ramps it up and blah oh, blah blah. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, there's a there's so, a, there's a game being so that, played. It's amazing. That I mean, happens in the strip club too, though. Yeah, that's oh, the whole for point sure. of that experience yeah. as well. So it's just yeah, it's a different way of getting you to part with your money. But it's interesting because right. yeah, I've never really thought of it like that. Yeah. Like you know what's happening. Yeah. After you leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? While you're there, it's like, right. oh. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, you can't, if you're, if you are in, um, if you are in, again, I'll stop saying according to sources because you guys are tired of hearing it, but according to my sources, um, you can't even really get them to sit down with you and, and, and have a drink and just bullshit with you unless you're serious about buying time. That's interesting. And they don't want, you're either working somebody or you're, or you're available, period, right? Huh. So if you're not interested and somebody's not working you, whatever, then they literally they leave you alone. Absolutely leave you alone. It's very interesting. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense, though, because, like, if you've got – so with leads and my line of work, it's so interesting that you – compared them to one another but with leads in my line of work that uh you know aren't doing anything mm-hmm. the dead leads or whatever yeah you fucking stop talking to them yeah like you might follow up occasionally right but for the most part you're not really gonna fuck with that person yeah. anymore don't waste, don't waste like, my time nah, or yeah. if they bought somewhere else why should i talk to you then yeah you just paid money for a car right yeah you're makes, not necessary to me makes yeah. perfect sense yeah um okay well that i mean that's that was an interesting episode yeah uh so dear listeners um i would recommend that you guys go to who wears the pants you can click on the podcast tab there if you want to listen to the show or if you've not completely been caught up uh keep your eyes on the website i know we keep mentioning big things um we'll we'll give you a little bit of something juicy here in the next day or so in the next few days you'll get you'll get something you'll get to see a little bit of what we're doing here and uh yeah i'm I'm excited mike's excited and we're ridiculous what you got anything a word of wisdom so my my word of wisdom is 
don't don't be don't be afraid of rejection. I know that that's that that is that is enormous and it is cliche, but the worst people can tell you is no. You know, as long as you are professional and you are courteous and you are not, you know, demanding or, you know, lacking in hubris or maybe have too much hubris. Maybe I maybe I don't know what I'm Why talking about. Why are you talking about. about people's elbows? That That is actually, yeah, that's that you're Olna. Where did I go? Where did I, I my, my point is <laughs> treat treat people respectfully. Um, but also don't be afraid to ask for what you want, provided that what you want is within reason, you know, and if, and if people tell you, no, I'm not interested in that, or no, I'm not going to do that. Don't, don't fucking pressure people. I hate nothing more force field. I hate nothing more than feeling pressured by people to engage in certain behavior. I fucking hate that. It just makes me prickly and in resistant, but but by the same token, I also hate rolling over and not being honest about what I want. So uh, to tie that in with a with a sports analogy, um, Wayne Gretzky said you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Yeah, and that's super cheesy and same, true. Same thing. Yep, super thing. cheesy and true. So don't be afraid to take your shot. I think we did a whole episode about that. We, we said take aim. Yeah. I like think, have an aim. But no, yeah. I think take your shot is exactly the verbiage that you used. I think probably. we've, we've we come, probably used that we've come another full circle. Son of a bitch. God damn it, Chris. You ruin everything. <laughs>